Good morning, everyone. My name is Ron Thiessen. I'm the CEO of Northern Dynasty Minerals. Uh, Northern Dynasty is a company that, that owns and controls the Pebble Project in Alaska. It's uh, arguably the world's largest undeveloped polymetallic uh, deposit in the world. Um, we've been working on it since about 2002. We've spent roughly a billion dollars on the project to date. There's no question about its um, geometry, geology, uh, does the ore exist, is it recoverable? Um, all of that money has been spent and it's all well known. We've engineered it to pre-feasibility through feasibility level uh, engineering studies and uh, we've taken it through permitting, although at the end of the day we did not receive a permit. However, we did receive a very positive final EIS and so now we're going through the process of trying to rectify the permit denial. Ron, good to see you here. Thanks for joining us. And it was, uh, it was nice to meet people in, in person. You're obviously at the conference. You're gonna, pretty much going to tell the story you're about to tell me. We've got two things <laughs> to talk about today. Better introduce the, the asset first uh, and tell people a little bit more in, in detail and certainly some of the numbers around that. Tw over 20 years at it, the joys of yes. mining, eh? Exactly. The joys of mining. You know, it, it takes uh, patience and uh, fortitude and a lot of money, and then you have an overnight success. Always. <laughs> Always. So, like, when you kick off, give us a bit more detail on some of the numbers around some of the, the economic studies and what you hope to be able to get from this thing. Because a billion bucks, that's a lot of money, right? Yes. But not unusual for the size and scale of the deposit. Mm -hmm. and, and its location is quite remote. There's no infrastructure nearby. The closest communities are 20 miles away, so there's no moving anybody and um, it's in southwest Alaska and so relatively near speaking near tidal water so if we can access uh, ships and the like. Uh, the deposit itself uh, is 10 billion tons in total, um, contains about 53 billion pounds of copper in the measured and indicated category, 23 uh, billion pounds of copper in the inferred uh, 54 million ounces of gold in the um, measured indicated. And these are recoverable numbers, mm -hmm. not contained numbers. Uh, and 28 million ounces of gold in the um, in the inferred category. Plus it has recoverable molybdenum, silver, uranium, and potentially palladium. Uh, so it's truly a polymetallic deposit. Its economics are roughly 55% copper. Mm. About 30, 35% um, gold and then silver and molybdenum. Okay. So um, a, a broad spectrum of minerals and metals is a nice diversity to have if you can get it. it the engineering has demonstrated that uh, it's very amenable to open pit mining. Um, it produces, it will produce very clean concentrates with no deleterious items, penalty items. So in high demand by all the smelting and refining companies. It'll produce about uh, 360,000 ounces of gold a year and about 320, 330 million pounds of, of copper a year, plus molybdenum and right. silver. Big in every way. Big in every way. CapEx? CapEx is total about 6.4 billion, mm -hmm. um, of which uh, we see ourselves funding, the project funding about $4 billion, and the balance, which be the funding for the infrastructure, will come about through the the Ada Corporation of Alaska, which mm. is a state-owned company that provides infrastructure. Plus, there are uh, native corporations in Alaska that are Fortune 500 companies that are looking for revenues that are um, long, long-term returns. 
and something like Pebble where they can get a toll on a road, on a port or something like that. So we think roughly 2.4 billion of the total CapEx will be funded by. Have you had any conversations with that two point? Well, we, we, we have, although they've been, you know, at a very high level and early days and we have looked at other projects that they have done the exact same thing on, for instance, Red Dog. They mm -hmm. did all of the port facilities, the road facilities, and the energy, and that's what we're... we're right, okay. Are. So I guess it's going to be very much subject two, isn't it? And subject yes. two, part two of the conversation, which is why a project with that number of pounds, ounces, and, and other kinds of um, you know byproducts, what we'll call them, um, is not getting across the line at the moment. So what's, what's, what's holding you back? So um, it's, it's the same thing that many mines are being held back. There's five big mines in the United States mm. and every one of them is facing fundamentally the same anti-development crowd that we are. Mm -hmm. Now we have an added feature to that and that is uh, Bristol Bay, Alaska, which is about 125, miles away from the project site or 250 miles away as, mm. as streams run, is home to arguably the world's greatest uh, sockeye salmon fishery. And so there's lots of concern about, you know, you know, if there's a tailings uh, failure, will we see the same things that we saw in Brazil or in, in, uh, in British Columbia? Mm. We have spent a tremendous amount of time and money engineering our way to ensure that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the things, the typical thing about catastrophic tailings failure is the liquefaction of the tailings. Mm -hmm. And simply put, it's a failure to manage water properly. Yeah. If there's not enough water in there to liquefy the tailings, these things can't happen. So we've built into our development feature two large-scale water treatment plants at a mm -hmm. cost in excess of half a billion dollars to treat that water and discharge it into the environment as it occurs and never hold excess water in the tailing structure so there can never be a catastrophic tailings failure, mm -hmm. which is exactly what the Army Corps of Engineers found in the FEIS and their conclusion was, you know, there isn't any kind of likelihood that there can be a catastrophic tailings failure here. Mm -hmm. So we feel that we've addressed that issue, but the anti-development crowd doesn't want to let go of it. Right. And, and the anti-development crowd being local? So it, it's, it started um, outside of Alaska. Alaska is a favorite place for the large anti-development people mm -hmm. to raise money mm -hmm. because it's a small population of people yeah. Yeah. and the projects tend to be large. And there's a, a spot in every American's heart in the lower 48 for Alaska. Mm -hmm. So they can raise big money and only piss off a few people. Mm -hmm in Alaska mm -hmm. uh, on these large projects. And so that's where it starts. And then they take their typical unscientific, non-factual, mm -hmm. emotional-based arguments mm -hmm. and try and foment right. um, uh, disputes up in Alaska. And so, yes, there, there are people in Alaska who are very concerned about catastrophic tailings failure and, and the impact that would have on water and the commercial mm -hmm. fisheries. Mm -hmm. And there's you know, several communities on Bristol Bay, and those communities are the ones that are most concerned about right. that and, and are not in favor of Pebble. The communities that are anywhere near within 20 or 30 miles of Pebble yeah. are the opposite. They're on side with the project. Yeah. They see the opportunity. Um, you know, the other thing that we've done is we've created something called the uh, uh, Pebble Dividend Fund, and we're going to put a certain percentage of the earnings into that fund and 
every adult in Western Alaska mm. can register as a beneficiary of that fund, and they will get a check out of that. And we've modeled it on something called the Permanent Fund in Alaska. They've mm. got a, a sovereign wealth fund, if you will, and most people get uh, a payment of 1000 to $2,000 per year out of that. And we'd see the same kind of return to people in Western Alaska, whether they are in favor of the project right. or not, right. whether they work at the project or not, everybody would be entitled to, to right. that. Okay. So you know, sometimes it comes down to money for some people, but for others, it's, it's more a oh, no, I understand. Uh, emotional drivers. Who is the arbiter of all of the work that you're doing in terms of the engineering the heck out of this thing? You've got to go through and prove that you are doing things yeah. the right way. At the end of the day, you're going to want your environmental permits, your social license, and all of the other good stuff that's going to need for you to be able to break ground. How, how far are along that process are you? How much more time is going to so, so under under U.S. law, the Clean Water Act, we need a 404 permit, and that permit is managed yeah. and, and issued by the Army Corps of Engineers. Right. And so it's been the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers who have been providing the oversight on the permitting process, mm -hmm. which took approximately four years. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they hire a third-party independent engineering company, which was ACOM, America, one of America's largest engineering companies, mm -hmm. to go through this process. And you know, it's a $50, $60 million process. Um, our environmental baseline studies, $150 million. And they're the ones that, that at the end of the day, sign off on what's called the final environmental impact statement. Mm -hmm. They actually prepare this. ACOM does, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers signs off on it, and Pebbles is one of the, mo the most positive ones that I've ever seen, and it concludes that there is no likelihood of a catastrophic tailings failure, right. mainly because of the, the way we've designed and engineered water management. And then you get to all of the other stuff. I mean, our footprint is small, because we focused the first 20 years of mine life, and it's a permit for 20 years of mine life, on the western end of the deposit where it daylights. So our waste to ore ratio is 0.1 to 1. So it, literally everything we mine goes to the mill, and we don't have waste ups. And we, we've done, and we're, we're not going to put a gold plant in initially, so then we're not going to introduce cyanide into the region. Right. We want people to get comfortable with the operations. Right. And as they right. get that comfort, so, I mean, you, you, you get to a certain social license to begin with, but there's still lots of people with discomfort. And so if they can see 10 to 20 years of operations, you're dealing with things properly, you're handling the water properly, the sustenance fishery hasn't changed, the commercial fishery hasn't changed. And in fact, if anything, we've enhanced the economics of that by bringing cheap um, infrastructure and cheap power to the region then it becomes fish and pebble, whereas the way they look at it today is fish or pebble. Right, right. And that's what we want to get them to because we believe they can have both. Okay, interesting. So uh, do you give me a sense of the timing. That's the, that's the second batch of the question. So uh, we went through the, uh, the permitting process uh, basically the end of 2017 to uh, mid-year 2020. Um, we filed the FEIS in June. Uh, and it became the official record. And then we went through a process of, of what's called a compensatory mitigation plan, filed that, and in November, the Army Corps of Engineers issued a negative rot. So they denied the permit and they rejected the compensatory mitigation plan. And, and we felt when we looked at their reasoning that they had ignored their findings in their FEIS. 
Mm-hmm. So we appealed that. It's called an administrative appeal, which was filed in January 2021. Mm-hmm. And we received the the results of that administrative appeal in spring of this year. And I'm going to say a bit to my surprise, because we have a situation where the Army Corps of Engineers is adjudicating itself. Right. But not to my surprise, because um, scientifically, the review officer found exactly what we felt um, in the in the denial of the permit, they said, in the event of a catastrophic tailings failure, well, your finding is that it, there is no event of catastrophic failure. So mm-hmm. how can you say you're denying the permit when the facts say this is not going to happen? Mm-hmm. And and you're saying, well, in the event of catastrophic tailings failure, it'll have impacts on fisheries and water and this. And you've, you've got no basis for, for saying anything. She has directed them to remove that language mm-hmm. from their evaluation and, and base their evaluation on the findings in the FEIS. Right. And there's a whole series of those kinds of things that she has highlighted and, and given them directions on how they must reassess this. And she has said, or she and her commander have said, it's called a remand order. They've ordered the Army Corps of Engineers to redo the evaluation of the permit mm-hmm. and the compensatory mitigation plan and when I look at this, it looks to me like the decision will be the other way around. Okay. So, James, for your process for the FEIS, it was the same team, same group? Because you know, sometimes when, over time, groups change, people move on. Play. Same group that did the... The F. The FEIS was the same people, yes. Right, okay. So they, they said, yep. unlikely. And then was that another group who then said, well, in the event... So, Again, it's a question of where that decision was made. Right. And it appears that the, the ultimate decision was made in Washington, D.C., and the the regional office in Alaska had much less to do with the decision on issuance of the permit. And right. so we see that as as a political interference. I mean, remember, we're at that particular point in time, we're talking 2020, we're talking the height of the presidential election. Okay. And that's one of the things, you know, having been in the business for a while, if you can avoid uh, a critical political <laughs> mm. event, mm. do so. Because to enter that period of time, there are so many things that are happening, so many quid pro quos, so many balls right. in the air. So, so coming back to the time question, I, I get the, was it reorder? Was it you reordered? Remand. Remand, remand. Only the military. Uh, remand, uh, that process takes how long so um there's one other complication in that and that is the uh the epa which is been the main source of of holding up many projects in Mm -hmm. the united states have promulgated a final decision although it's not final Mm -hmm. on vetoing any mine development in this area of alaska and, and they're talking about 310 square miles around the Pebble Project. Okay. And so that stands there. That's a decision that they've made under the Clean Water Act. And so it's uh, unlikely the Army Corps of Engineers can issue a positive decision as long as that's standing there. And right. so we have to figure out how do we remove the EPA's final determination that they've promulgated. Yeah. Um, we have prepared... Um, a uh, judicial challenge to that, mm-hmm. and we're we were ready to file that in court, and we are very confident that we can overturn it. 
But because that that final determination covers state land, mm -hmm. it's as important to the state as it is to us. Mm -hmm. And so the state said, you know, we have different reasons for arguing this than you do. Not not only is what the EPA done um, ultra vires in terms of statutory authority, it's way beyond their their statutory authority, mm -hmm. but it's also a breach of a contract between us and the federal government. Mm -hmm. And we believe it's unconstitutional. So the state has a right to take issues like this directly to the Supreme Court, bypass mm -hmm. the district federal court, bypass mm -hmm. the Court of Appeal, and that means bypass four years of, of court proceedings. Yeah. And so the state has filed this claim with Supreme Court of the United States, and we will hear in October if the Supreme Court's going to hear it, okay. which we believe they will, and, and if they do, we think that this can be resolved inside the next year, and at that point, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers can complete their remand order, and they could issue a new decision on a permit. Okay. So, I guess, look, because if I'm looking in as a prospective investor, based, okay, it's a it's super big project, super big revenues, and, and, and obviously, yeah, for, 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 you know, for the state taxes as well. But if as an investor, I'm thinking, they're, they're huge. do are there better ways to deploy my capital? Or do I say, I'll take a bit of my money and I'll take a punt on this and say, but I'm going to park it in the back of the drawer for a while, clearly, because it's been a long time to this point. It's going to be a long, even if you do get everything you need, it's going to be a long point to the, where we get to actually FIDs and all of that sort of stuff and raising the money. And that's a process in itself. It'll be a long time in the making. So how do how do I make so money? there there are some there are some near term events that right. I think are triggers that 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 while they're not the ultimate answer, mm. they mitigate risk and they okay. set us up for success at the end of the day. One is yeah. the October decision by the Supreme Court. The right. Supreme Court says we're going to hear this. I think that's a huge lift, mm. and and it's the Supreme Court has made three rulings in the last six, eight months, mm -hmm. all against the EPA on, on statutory overreach. Mm -hmm. In fact, they just issued a huge um, ruling on uh, what's called the Sackett case, which they fundamentally rewrote the rules on waters of the U.S. Mm -hmm. and, and waters of the U.S. are extremely important at, at Pebble because, you know, with the way the EPA measures waters of the U.S., they said, you're 100% jurisdictional wetlands. Mm -hmm. Well, with the new ruling and our hydrological engineers looking at it, that assessment that we're 100% waters of the U.S. could be reduced anywhere from 50 to 90%. Mm -hmm. And that would have big implications for, for the impacts that we have and how we compensate for those impacts. Mm -hmm. So again, you're going to see, I mean, the, the EPA has issued their new regulations to account for Sackett, mm -hmm. but you're going to see over the next six months um, other states and people starting to challenge that. Okay. And then I think that uh, we're going to see some activity out of other mining companies. I mean, everybody wants this project, but, and, and we had a lot of people, uh, you know, we chose who we were going to go do a deal with in the first instance back in, in 2007. And we only picked three companies and all three agreed. And the first one that wrote the check got it. Mm -hmm. We still think that there's there's no project like Pebble out there in the world. Mm -hmm. They would all want it. People will want to figure out how do I get my toe in the water. And so I think we'll see some of that activity through the next six to 12 months. Well, there's not too many people with a balance sheet to be able to come attack this. Uh, 
It's rarefied air. It, it, it is, but there's there's at least a half dozen companies out there, right. and, and they're all looking for it. Right. I mean, I'm going to be presenting a uh, my presentation tomorrow. And I was kidding with with the guys that are sitting over at the table over there. You know, when I talk about you know why you should want copper, mm -hmm. the biggest one of the biggest gold miners in the world, he's desperate for copper. He's been very public about it. So why do I have to say anything other than well, if Mark Bristow wants copper. Everybody else, you want copper. He told me a month ago he did. Yeah. Um, I know he does. Um, but at the same time, he, he also needs to know that he can get this thing over the line. Oh, things As he's got near-term drivers, right? Yes. Sir. Okay. So, so far, we've had a conversation where we've kind of skipped merrily through the, the what you have and technically how you get at it. No one's doubting that. Is there, are there any kind of long poles in the tent, any red flags on that side of things? That we need to be aware of. I don't think so. I mean, I think you know we're 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 developing a project that that um, these kinds of mines have been developed and been operating for hundreds of years. We I'm the chairman of Gibraltar or Seco Mines, mm -hmm. and the Gibraltar mine, which is a porphyry, uh, albeit mainly a single metal porphyry, um, it's been operating since 1971. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and they're very standard. We know how they operate. It's it's not a high risk in development, not a high risk in operations. There's no metallurgical issues. Um, we've taken a low profile approach to how we're developing it. Mm -hmm. um, there's huge opportunities for much higher grades down the road mm -hmm. when we go into permitting for, for extensions or alterations sure. to the mine plan. But okay, but slow, it's slowly, slowly, right? This yep. is this is this is big. This is multi-decade, multi-generational exactly. opportunity. But it, 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 you're telling me this is purely a legal process that you've got to get through. It's for technically, as far as your proof of con proof of concept of what's under the ground, everything's done. No, don't need to spend much money on it. Almost a billion dollars has been spent there. There's yep. no question of, that this exists. Yeah, I mean, there's some question about how much more is there. Because sure. there's much more than you've got million. enough for now. Yes. Okay. So that's all. Our good. problem is not shortage of tons. Yeah. <laughs> so, which which is kind of exciting exciting bit to this, but you know, once you get through the legal bit, then you've got the funding bit. So you were saying there's a half a dozen people potentially who would not be frightened by the kind of the capex component or the length of time it takes to kind of get into kind of future revenues. And, and I mean, but, uh, currently, at Current metal prices um, and what the capex we're, we're facing, it's got a four-year payback. It's got a, a okay. $2.3 billion NPV at a 7% discount. It's got mm -hmm. a 16% IRR. Those are all very acceptable for this size and scale of a project that has a 20-year li mine life. But that's only harvesting 10% of the ore body. Yeah, and, and the rest of the ore body is much higher grade. We focused, we focused on this end of the deposit for environmental reasons, mm -hmm. most people in our business would say, we need to focus on the economics more than anything else. We said, no, we've got to put the social, the comfort level, the environmental mm -hmm. at the forefront and get mm -hmm. everybody comfortable. Do your numbers include the build of infrastructure from roads yes. and power yes. and so forth? 6.4 you, billion. You would, okay. It's in that six point four billion. Yeah. Okay, okay, fine. Okay, there's there's no roads in Western Alaska. There's no yeah. infrastructure. It costs thirteen dollars for a half gallon of milk. It costs eight dollars for a gallon of gas. When we build the infrastructure, those numbers will more than drop in half. The cost of living for people mm -hmm. is, it's going to be a you know a game changer. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, it sounds like a few more hoops for you to jump through yeah. in terms of social license. A few more hoops to jump through through the courts uh, and so forth. And hopefully you're right about the, the, the time frame. 
what else can you be doing whilst you're waiting? Because your shareholders are waiting. Everyone's waiting. So, I mean, there is there's more final detailed engineering to be done. Right. But that's, a, that's spending money, and I yeah. don't want to dilute right. on an equity basis. Yeah. On, so, and that's where I think the opportunity exists for somebody to come in in the near term and be spending money on taking those elements right. forward. Right. Have you got cash today? We do. Enough? Enough. Mm-hmm. And, have, and we've, we've done a, a royalty transaction. Right. Uh, with, a, with a group that provides us ultimately with a total of $60 million. Uh, we've received the first $12.5 million. We think the next 12 and a half is coming soon. Mm. And then the balance will come through July of next year. Right. That's enough to carry us with everything that we have to do right. for a good four to five. Everything you're obliged to do. Yeah. Right. Because obviously you've got optionality as to how, yeah. how you spend that capital. So can I ask then, because I always say to people, you know, money stuff, and yeah. sometimes mines have got to go through several iterations before they actually get to the person who's going to get it out of the ground now. So in a meaningful way, the name of the game is to stay in the game, to be able to play the game. And it's not unusual that you have four or five players on a single deposit. A lot of people say to me, oh, but all these people have walked away. Tech walked away, Rio walked away, Anglo Mm -hmm. walked away, First Quantum. I said, and and every single one of them added tremendous value Mm -hmm. while they were there. They left because of things that was happening to them, not because of what was happening at Pebble. Okay, so other portfolio drivers, yep. okay. And so maybe there may be a, f- a few people coming to the table and maybe, uh, we've seen, I think we've seen, there's a great Western Copper and Gold, I think they've got yep. a couple of measures um, sharing the light there. And I understand what you're talking about. Okay. Western Copper of an, in uh, the Yukon. Yeah. 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 So, you own, uh, so, yep, absolutely. It's the, the nature of the game. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and I think we'll see the same thing with with Nickel as well. Yep. These kind of big billion-dollar projects, multi, multi-year multi life of mine. You spread the risk. You spread the risk, indeed, indeed. Well, a, a nice introduction to the story. Appreciate it. Because when I was looking at the numbers, it's kind of what I'm trying to work out what's what's going on. I understand the opportunity, but I've also, I think, better understand the time frames. Yep. So I appreciate well, it. It's not going to be overnight now. Yeah. But... I'll be back next year or the year after, and then we'll say, well, it was overnight success. Can't wait. Thank you. Thank you.